the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. This week we continue our series on God's character, today focusing on God's forgiveness. The main reading is Colossians chapter 2. Well, we're still in the character of God, where God reveals himself back in Exodus. And uh, let's read that, just Exodus uh, 34, the Lord's passing by. Moses said, Lord, show me yourself, show me your glory. I want to know who you are. And the Lord comes, the Lord, the Lord, uh, the Lord, the Lord God. We haven't looked at his name yet, but the compassionate and gracious God. We looked at those. Slow to anger, abounding in love. We've looked at love, Hesed, maintaining love to a thousands, forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. We looked at God's judgment last week. He punishes the children of their children for the sins of the fourth, uh, to the father of the third and fourth generation. Tonight we're looking at that, um, that there where he says, uh, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. Now there are many words for sin in the Old Testament, but he's, he, he uses three different ones there to make sure that he, we understand that, uh, that he can forgive all those things. Um, Sunday school was there and the Sunday school teacher wanted to make sure that um, the children had understood. So how do you make sure they understand? Ask them a question, of course, isn't it? And she said, now, children, she said, can anyone tell me what you must do before you can get forgiveness of sin? They were thinking, a little boy put his hand up. Yes, miss, sin. Think about it. That's what you're going to do first, he said. Um, so we're going to look at that tonight, and uh, we, we've uh, tw- twice, just before Christmas, we looked at it on our freedom in Christ, uh, and then on Sunday we looked at it, uh, what forgiveness is, um, how we get it, that it is not automatic, of course, it's to be received, it's to be recognized, and of course, as we said, it is to be reciprocated, given away, but we see the heart of God in that he wants to forgive, in fact, we need forgiveness. It's something that we need more than anything else. Um, and right back at the beginning uh, of, of the, um, uh, I suppose, in Genesis, we see God's heart as he's pursuing Adam and Eve. Where are you? Where are you? It was God who made the first move. Of course, they ran away. They were hiding. They were fearful because they'd sinned. And we see the heart of God. But then we come to um, Israel. He sets up all these uh, offerings. And if you've ever read it, you think, oh, and you, you, some, some people over, look, read through. We don't even read it, do we, some people? Because, oh, what's this about, you know? The burnt offering, the sin offering, the guilt offering, and there's, you cut the animal up, chuck his fat here, and the, the, the innards here, and the offal here, and the blood's everywhere. And we think, oh, wait a minute. Um, and Leviticus, the book with all the offerings in, is a very interesting book. Um, uh, one of the, the, the key books that, that shows, forward, shows forward what God's heart is like. God wants to meet with us. God wants to meet with us. He put the tabernacle right in the center of, of, of the people. And, but also, we just can't come anyhow, can we? No, 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 if we come in ourselves, uh, and, and uh, Aaron's two sons thought they could, oh, we're just wandering. Sounds like they'd been up this no good. Uh, uh, Jewish historians tell us they've been, they've been on the pop as well. So they just wander in, and of course, the Bible says, poof, God. It says, oh, yeah, yeah, you don't come in here just willy-nilly. 
But then there's a particular chapter, chapter 16, and we'll read that in a moment, of Leviticus, which is, which is called the Yom Kippur. You've heard of it, Yom Kippur. Um, it's the Day of Atonement. It's the one day, it's what they call the high day, the holiest and the highest day that Israel has, where that one day, everything stops. They don't eat, they stop, and that particular day, once a year, the high priest goes into the Holy of Holies to offer uh, atonement and for, uh, for a sacrifice for the sins of himself first, otherwise he'd be in trouble, um, and then for the nation. Now, as time progresses, what happens is at the beginning, they have two, of course, Jews have two calendars, don't they? They have the ceremonial uh, religious and the civil calendar. And uh, the, the beginning of the new year is called Rosh Hashanah. And uh, that's around about September time. And uh, when that begins, they, they, what they do is called the, the days of awe and repentance. And for the first nine days, what happens? They are, they are considering, they are looking over their lives. Um, and then on the 10th day, the day of atonement comes. And it's an amazing day where we, where we see that um, with bated breath, will God forgive them for all the things they have done for the last year? And we have uh, an interesting thing where, we, where we've heard the name scapegoat. We've all heard that, haven't we? A scapegoat is someone who takes the rap when he hasn't done anything. Well, of course, that's, we get that from the Bible. That's where we get it. It's not something, it's the scapegoat, it, it, we get it from the word of God. And what happens is they, of course, the, the, the high priest goes in, he offers for himself, and then they, they, they choose two goats, and uh, they draw lots, and the, the one who's lucky or not so lucky is going to live, the other one's going to die. And they take one, and he's dead, and they sprinkle it before the Holy of Holies. And the other one, what happens, they, they confess, the high priest confesses over the scapegoat all the sins of the nation. And then a man takes the scapegoat out into the wilderness to never be seen again. You see, that's a brilliant picture of forgiveness. It, it, it's a great shadow. It's not just God paying the price for us, the goat, yeah, the goat that's killed. It's actually more than that. Forgiveness is released from, is taking all our sins and throwing it away from us. It's a beautiful picture of forgiveness. Right in the Old Testament, um, on that amazing day of atonement. Well, we, you can read it when you go home, Luke six, uh, Leviticus 16. Let's read a couple of verses for uh, Leviticus 16, 29 and 30. And this shall be a statute forever unto you, that in the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, you shall afflict your souls, and do no work at all, whether it be one of your own country or a stranger that's your journey among you. For on that day shall the priest make an atonement for you to cleanse you that ye may be clean from all your sins before the Lord. See, that's God's heart. It's to clean us from our sins. Why? Because we, as we saw last week in judgment, he sees the evil, the end of sin. So often because we've, we've mollified sin and we've changed our language, we don't see the evil and, and we see the, 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 what it causes. But God does. He says, you need to be clean. You can't come into my presence unclean. So he sets up a day. But it's the heart of God, isn't it? The heart of God. Um, let's look at these verses. We know these very well. But again, shows God's heart. 2 Chronicles 7, 13, 14. If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, 
If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. There's the heart of God. You see, the, again, the context, remember, David has planned to build a temple, um, but God says, you're not going to do it, David. You've got blood on your hands, and, and, uh, but, but he made all the preparations. Every, everything that was going into the temple, David had made. David had prepared. David had got the plans it, he, had, he had made. But Solomon was the builder, and Solomon, on that day in 2 Chronicles 5, the Bible says, they came before the Lord, and there was much praise and many sacrifices, so many they couldn't count. The Bible says the glory of the Lord came filled the holy of holies so they couldn't minister and then solomon prayed lord please have mercy on us we've built this for your worship but we know this can't contain you you are greater than this he said when people turn this way and call on you please listen please hear even when you've devastated us even though we go away from you and we there's there's drought and there's disease and you devour us lord when we turn please and uh, the bible says Again, when uh, he finished praying, the fire of God comes down and um, uh, the sacrifices are burned up and, and then worship and praise. And then the Lord begins to speak to Solomon. This is what he says. You know, when you do turn away, which you're going to, he already told him that. And sadly, he, that wasn't so accurate of them. He said, if, if you, my people. See, it is conditional, isn't it? Now, of course, that is a specific word to Israel, but it is it is in a sense to us because you can look at the new testament you can see the lord says if you seek me you will find me if you seek me earnestly seek me you will find me and so he said if my people will turn what will i do what will the lord do when we turn to him when we are prayerful and when we are turning from ourselves me to him um the bible says i will hear i will forgive i will pardon and i will heal see that's god's heart I love the verse, um, in Psalm 130, Lord, if you kept a record of our sins, who could stand before you? But with you there is forgiveness. Listen to what the psalmist says. Therefore, we shall fear you. It brings a shudder down the back of our, our, our spine that God, who knows us, sees us, can forgive us. That's amazing, isn't it? And uh, the devil's lie, as we'll see in a moment, is is to tell us that we're not forgiven, he's the accuser, but also for us to hold unforgiveness to those others. And we'll look at that maybe in a moment. Um, but the Father's heart is to forgive. What about these verses? Uh, Isaiah 38, verse 17. Indeed, it was for my own peace that I have great bitterness, that you have lovingly delivered my soul from the pit of corruption, for you have cast all my sins behind your back. Yeah. Lord, it was for your, for my benefit, the difficulty came. Why? Because I saw mine. And it's, a, it's a verse in, in Psalm 78, I think it is, where the, we, we did mention Joseph, Joseph and, and, and the outworking of forgiveness in his life. But all he said, Lord, difficulty came to me. Difficulty came, so I turned my eyes to you. I turned to your commands. And then he said there in, in Isaiah, you took my sin, you cast it behind your back. It's good news, that, isn't it? He's not looking at it. How about these verses? We read these the other day. These are wonderful verses. Micah 7, 18 to the character of God. Who is the God that you who pardons sin and forgives 
the transgression of the land to lend you of his inheritance. You do not stay and grieve forever, but delight to show mercy. You will forget of compassion on us. We will tread our sins and the foot and hear all our iniquities into the depths of the sea. You will be true to Jacob and show mercy to Abraham as you pledge on oath to our fathers in days long ago. Who is a pardoning God like you? Who treads down, subdues, subjugates our iniquities and casts all our sin into the depths of the sea. Same word as cast behind your back, throw, throw it into the depths of the sea. It's interesting that the Jews, now, even now when they do those festivals and those, those meals, they act out. So it, it's always good to act things out in a sense because we see it, don't we, in our minds. That's why we break bread so we can understand. And at the, um, in Rosh Hashanah, they have a meal and they actually get little pebbles, little breadcrumbs, um, and they uh, go to a, a, a flow of water or water and they drop it in. And they quote uh, Micah 7, 19, as, as the Lord puts our sins into the depths of the sea. And uh, they are still hoping for that. Well, of course, God's already done it. They knew that, but they, they play it out in front of their eyes. So God's heart, God's heart. Well, of course, thankfully, God uh, spoke it and then he achieved it and won it for us. Uh, Jeremiah 31, Remember their sins no more. Um, Hebrews 8, you'll find that he picks up the same there when he's talking to the Hebrew. They understood, they'd read the Old Testament, they understood this covenant, this new covenant. The old, nothing wrong with, it, with the law, was it? Uh, the old covenant was fine, it was just me, I couldn't do it. My heart. <laughs> nothing wrong with the seed, it's the soil is always the problem. So he said, but I'll make a new covenant with them. And uh, they will know me. It's a beautiful covenant. And I will write the laws on their hearts. And I will take their sin and I will remember it no more. That's the new covenant. And, and that's what he was saying to the, the Hebrew people, the Jewish people there in the book of Hebrews. Why are you going back? Why are you going back? You know, you're going to have some difficulty. They were having difficulty and, and opposition because they were Christians, of course. He said, you're going back to that when you can have this. Wonderful, wonderful um, salvation. And he will remember your sin no more. Uh, the heart of God again, Psalm 78, 35-39. <coughs> Their hearts were not loyal to him. They were not faithful to his covenant. Yet he was merciful. He forgave their iniquities. And did not destroy them 
Psalm 70 is an amazing psalm when he, he's recounting the history of Israel. And we see, he said there, God is merciful. He restrained himself so many times. He forgave their sin, even though they flattered him. And we can be like that, can we? Our words can flatter the Lord. Oh, Lord, I'm yours. We can sing some fantastic hymns and songs and things. And are they amazing at what we declare in those songs, isn't it? Sometimes, dear me. I, I think some of the hymns, I surrender all, reign in me. Lord, I give you my all. I, and, uh, amazing, aren't they? And really, we've got to be careful. They are flattery so often because they're not true. But, you know, thankfully, the Bible says God is merciful. He forgives. Um, he remembers that we are dust. Bless the Lord. Uh, but that's his heart. That's the character of God. So when he reveals himself to Moses, I forgive transgressions, iniquity, and sin. That's his heart. And we see it played out in the Old Testament. We see uh, the, the shadows and the festivals and the feasts and the sacrifices all pointing to us getting right with God. But someone needs to pay the price, as we said last week. The atonement, propitiation, appeasing the, 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 the anger of God, the wrath of God. Also taking my sin, paying the price, paying the debt that I owe. But the gospel... Has fulfilled that. Ephesians 1 7 to 8. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. That's amazing. We have forgiveness, redemption, forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness. How? By the blood. The Bible is very clear. He understood he, he, right from the beginning of time, blood, life. Of course, it took him many years, didn't it? We talked about blood before, and uh, it, I think it was 1620-something where they realized the blood circulated the body. Up until then, if you were ill, they say, well, let's have a... He's not looking so good. Let's bleed him. You've heard of that, haven't you? He used to bleed them. Well, of course, you can, you can give a pint away. You can give two pints away. Remember, I remember a boy used to be in college without Mike. He, 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 all students give blood, don't they? He gave blood in the morning, and because he was tea and biscuits, he went back in the afternoon and gave blood in the afternoon. Well, he's a big lump. He says he was okay. But uh, we can give two, three, four. But then after we've gone, we've finished. But little did they realize the Bible says in Leviticus, three and a half thousand years ago, the life of the body is in the blood. And the Bible is very clear, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. There is no forgiveness of sin. Forgiveness, of course, in the Old Testament was to pardon, to spare. In the New Testament, we have two words, really. One is to bestow favor unconditionally on. The root of that word is grace. It's given to us by grace, not earned. But the other one, which uh, we'll look at in a moment, is remission. It means the dismissal of, the release of, the sending away, the scapegoat. You see, God doesn't just want to forgive us. He wants to release us. He wants us to live in liberty and victory. No sin, no habit, the character flow that trips us up all the time. That's got to go. Why? Because we have victory in the cross. Forgiveness brings just not just I, 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 the Bible says, I will wipe it out. I will blot it out. That's good. But no, there's a release. There's a remission. There's a freedom. There's a liberty. There's a victory in us. 
from him. Um, Matthew 26. Jesus again said the remission remember he uses that word not just the forgiveness the release of that's so important isn't it it, it really links up with that lovely word um, and that uh, we won't do that tonight but we um, the, the teaching of, of what we call justification it's a lovely word it's a legal term which means not just to forgive but actually to say um, he's innocent see God can forgive me uh, but in the back of my mind, I'm not forgiven, but there's a guilt, isn't there? Because I've done it. F forgiven, yes, but there's a guilt. But the Bible says, no, 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 far greater than that. There's the release, cleansing of our conscience, where he, he, he declares I am innocent of all the things I've done. It's wiped clean. There's an acquittal. In fact, it's a legal pronouncement. Bless the Lord. That's good news, isn't it? It's good news. Because the devil can come, and I think it was Luther, and the, the devil was whispering in his ears, this is what you've done, Luther, and he was going through a list. He said, you got any more, he said? And he said, i got a few more pages. He said, read them out then, go on. He read it out, read it out, read, read it out. He said, right, tell you what, take, right, write down now, with the blood of Christ, all forgiven. All gone. All covered in the blood. You see, that's amazing, isn't it? And we'll just, as we finish, to get a cord of understand the power of the gospel. We said it when I, when I preached on forgiveness the other day about that great psychiatrist Menninger. He said, if I could get my, my patients to understand they were forgiven, the guilt was gone, 75% of my patients I could release. That's an amazing declaration from a psychiatrist, isn't it? That's amazing. Um, but we, so little we realize, because we've, some of us have been in church all our lives, the weight of guilt that people are carrying. The weight of sin. Now, of course, we can become hardened to that and our conscience becomes seared. But even so, the weight, ah, lifted, lifted off us. Bless the Lord. So we have the gospel. Jesus saying the remission of sins. Bless the Lord. And here's Jesus himself um, uh, speaking. Uh, Luke 23. <laughs> with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, they, they crucified him along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes and cast him in thoughts. See, that's the, there's the difference between when people say, oh, what's the difference between religion, cults, all the other religions, and Christianity? There it is on the cross. Of course, the cross says it all. But then we see Jesus, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. And there, there in, in that crowd, 
a centurion, the hardest man there, the killer, the murderer, the man who would kill, I don't know, hundreds of people. You know, you become hard to that, didn't you? I was just talking to someone the other day, and they, they work in, a, um, in an undertaker's. And I said, how, you know, how do you do that, you know? Especially you know, when a children think, she, she said, you, you turn, turn off. You become numb to it. That's dangerous, isn't it? When it comes to that. And he was numb, but in seeing Jesus say that, he had seen everyone die, didn't he? And they called him everything and done and spat at him. and all. No one like this man. No one like this man. Jesus himself, right from the beginning of his ministry, right through, I forgive you. Forgiveness, forgiveness, unbelievable. And it's the heart of our message. It is the heart of our message. The only message that changes lives. Uh, Acts 13. The he who God raised up saw the corruption. Therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. Yeah, there we are. That was his message. Peter on that day, didn't he? He gets up, boldness, repent so you can be forgiven. They go before the Sanhedrin. And uh, again, the, what was their message? Repentance and forgiveness of sin is through this man. This is the only way. And that was their message. Their message was forgiveness. Absolute forgiveness. Of course, as we said, it's our liberty, our victory. And um, for our maturity as well. For our maturity. Let's just drop back into um, when we talk about forgiveness that God gives us that we have to give away. That we have to live in forgiveness. Um, and it's amazing that um, the devil, uh, when we talk about um, spiritual warfare, we, we mentioned it in the Freedom in Christ, we, we, we think this and that. See, if the devil can make us people that hold grudges um, that's great poison for him um, Ephesians 4 says be angry and sin not don't let the sun go down on your anger give the devil not a foothold before Ephesians 6 when he, he talks about stand firm put the, the, the armor of Christ fight for me fight the enemy your, your, your battle is not against prince, uh, flesh and blood but principalities and just to, again, just step back. What is he dealing with before he comes to there? He's dealing with relationships. Husbands and wives, children, parents, uh, employees, employers. He's dealing with that. Where the heart of the matter is, because relationships is where we hold unforgiveness, of course, isn't it? Where we hold our grudges. Um, I, do, I, I do chuckle at some stories, and um, again, some of these stories about uh, the Last Supper and Da Vinci, there's num numerous, but I like this one, and uh, if it isn't true, I think it is quite a funny one. Uh, da Vinci was painting the Last Supper on the, uh, on the wall, isn't it? Is it in Milan? I'm not sure which church it is. And um, uh, as he began to, to draw the picture, him and, him and another artist had a big falling out. So much so that a, a hatred rose up in Da Vinci's heart. So he thought, I'll get him back. And he started off by painting Judas. And uh, you know whose face he used for Judas? That man he'd had a falling out with. <laughs> I thought, well, and forever, for century upon century, Judas's face would be that man. And he thought, what a, what a fantastic way of getting revenge, he thought. And he carried on drawing the other disciples, and then he came to Jesus. 
And you know what? He, for the life of me, he couldn't draw Jesus. He did it, and he, could, he couldn't get in his mind out to draw him. And, and uh, as he was pondering, I don't know if someone or, or the Holy Spirit just dropped in his heart, you can't paint Jesus because you've got bitterness in your heart. You've got unforgiveness in your heart. And you've drawn that man as Judas. And it wasn't until he wiped that picture clean, Judas out, that he could be released to paint um, paint Jesus. Forgiveness um, can be, maybe, the hardest thing we ever do. Um, the devil doesn't want us to. The devil will whisper in our ears, you are justified. You have been hurt. You've been slandered. You've been mistreated. You're in your rights to not forgive. So often we can say to ourselves, can't we? Did you see how they hurt me? Why would I make myself vulnerable again? The pain still, still feels so fresh and deep. How could I possibly pretend to be okay with her? This is the dozen time. We, are, we always exaggerate, of course. He has done this to me. Haven't I forgiven him enough? I will never be able to trust her again. How could I possibly forgive her? What voices keep you from forgiving? Forgiveness can be difficult. But let me just give you some reasons that God gives us to forgive. He says, we forgive because he first gave, forgave us. I love the story because Peter's come in and he's saying, Lord, he's, he's trying to be clever, of course, Peter. Lord, should I forgive my brother seven times? Jesus said, well done, Peter. About 70 times seven. And they, they just fall down. And then Jesus gives them a story. He gives them a story so they can picture it in their mind. So there was a man. He, owned, he owed his, uh, his employer or his creditor a million dollars, say. It was enormous, so much that he could never pay it back. Impossible. And he said, he went, he begged, he begged, and the, and the owner said, yeah, I forgive you. But someone owed him a couple of quid, a couple of quid. And he appealed to him and said, you know, give me a few, few months and I'll be able to pay it back. My next check. He said, no chance. Get into prison. I, how dare you? And the Lord said, that's just like you. How dare you not forgive someone that pittance? Now, let me just say, it may not feel a pittance to you. We don't belittle sometimes. Some things we've gone through, they're really tough. And, uh, but that does never, ever give us right not to forgive. Because and, what we don't like, I see, what we don't like is, oh, how dare, I, I want my own back. Who's it affecting? Not affecting them, it's affecting you. We want to get our own back and we feel justified to the devil's lies. See, what, what, we, what we should be saying, Lord, I put it into your hands. Don't God know? Doesn't God see? Even if they, if they, they don't repent, that's God's work, not yours. My job is to forgive because Christ forgave me. It cost him everything. The record that of my sin stood again. He nailed it to the cross. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving. And we said before, as we said, praying the blessing of God upon those people. Doing good to those who've done evil to me. That's the kingdom manifesto, isn't it? Doing good to those who've done. Even then, we've got to be careful because uh, what we do, we've done it. Uh, we say, oh, I've forgiven that person. And we've told people, <laughs> um, 
That's not the way we do it either. No. Uh, even when we do good or we forgive someone, we, we are sullen and we are mopey and we go around. is if we have something and, and we, we want to draw attention to what they've done to us. No, no, no. The wonderful thing is we do good. We pray the blessing of God and no one knows, only God. That's, that's, that's the, the, the true forgiveness, isn't it? That's amazing. And can I say, that is supernatural. It's not natural. Because every bone in our body screams, Lord, this is wrong. They should not be forgiven. I am not going to forgive them. But thanks be to God. He challenges us. Challenges. Listen, listen to, to 2 Corinthians 2, 5 to 11. If anyone is called to death, he has not so much to believe in me as he has to believe all of you, to some extent, not to put it too severely. Punishment inflicted on him by the majority is insufficient for him. Now we say we ought to forgive and comfort him, so that he will not be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. I urge you, therefore, to reaffirm your love for him. The reason I hope to you is to see if you stand the test and be obedient in everything. If you forgive anyone, I also forgive him. And what I have forgiven, if there is anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake. In order that Satan might not have with us, for we are not in the way of his communion. That is not a witness. And, uh, you know, sometimes we've got to go dig in deep because we've said we've forgiven, but we really haven't forgiven them. Because we, as soon as their, their face comes up in our mind, we, Lord, me. As soon as our face comes up, what are we to do? Lord, forgive that person. Pray the blessing of God upon that person. May you pray repentance into that person, whatever. But, Lord, we are praying for them. We are seeking their good. We're not letting the devil outwit us with unforgiveness. Our liberty, our victory, our maturity. Our maturity is based on us understanding we're forgiven. Why do we know that? 2 Peter 1, 5-9. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. When we forget forgiveness, we stunt our growth. See, when there's forgiveness, we said liberty, victory, maturity. But as we just read, uh, we did before, uh, when, there's, when there's forgiveness in us from the Lord to others, there's a release in worship, isn't there? What does the Bible say? Matthew 5, if you come before the Lord in worship, oh, and you know there's someone, there's an issue, <laughs> stop, go and sort it out, come back. Otherwise, that will hinder your worship, your worship. There's a reply in prayer if you're holding something you're going to be in trouble when you pray because jesus says it twice forgive my trespasses i forgive those finishes the the, the 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 lord's prayer and he repeats it he could have repeated anything after that prayer but he says if you don't forgive you will not be forgiven so it is vital that we understand and also it right it there's a there's a rise in our faith when we when we live in forgiveness why? Because we are, no, we are dying to ourselves, what we want, 
my way, I'm justified. Lord, we say, Lord, I put it into your hands. I'm putting it into the Father's hand. I'm giving it to the judge who knows he's going to do all right. That, that's, we rise up in faith. Because when he said, Lord, you forgive them, the disciple says, well, you better increase our faith, Lord. See, when we're walking in forgiveness, we're walking in faith and faithfulness because we're taking God at his word and we are saying, Lord, you know better than me. And I give it into your hands. Forgiveness, power of forgiveness is amazing. Um, they were some missionaries and they were in Papua New Guinea. And if you um, know anything about Papua New Guinea, if you've been reading some of uh, uh, Duke of Edinburgh's uh, faux pas, he said some crackers, didn't he? Um, but he, I think he was in Papua New Guinea and um, he said, they haven't eaten you yet, have they? And of course, they said, oh, you can't say that. But in the, in the past, they were cannibals. So he wasn't quite true. Uh, maybe he shouldn't have said it, but he was true. But they were missionaries in Papua New Guinea, and one day they, they were celebrating the Lord's Supper. And the missionary was sitting down, and a young man sat down by the side of him, and then others gathered together, and um, he could feel there was something wrong. Uh, this, this man became, I don't know, he, could, he just sensed, he said, what's wrong with you? He said, what's troubling you? He said, one of those men has just come in was one of the men that murdered my father and ate him. Now just think now. You're breaking bread. Someone comes in to break bread with you, who's killed your father and had him for dinner. But you know what? As he broke bread, as he broke bread, he said, at first I didn't think I could endure it, but it's all right now because he is washed in the same precious blood as me. Tell you what, you cannot do that outside of the forgiveness that you receive from God, understood. You know what, when we see the horror of sin, the horror of the cross, the holiness of God, and we understand and comprehend and apprehend the forgiveness that he's given us, it is absolutely glorious, isn't it? absolutely beyond our imagination absolutely beyond understanding beautiful that's why we can stand in awe of him tonight that he knowing full record has given us forgiveness and there is no one we cannot forgive oh bless us help us tonight to be those people that understand the power of the gospel father's heart father's heart and to live that out hey bless the lord We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.